Welcome to series two of the London Pool. And this autumn series, we are talking about being independent. And my guests are talking to me about what attracted them to London, what influenced them to start a business in London, and what drives them to stay. I'm your host, Emma, and this is the Travelling Through podcast. Today, I have with me on this wonderfully sunny Friday afternoon, mid-September, Roxana Chitsinska. Did I say that correctly? Trichinska. Trichinska. Very close. (laughs) And we were outside Kennington where you were selling your flowers outside Cable Bakery. Yes. But it was a bit noisy, so we've moved to Kennington Park underneath a tree. It's a little bit windy, but it's lovely to be out in nature. Lovely. So, Roxana. My name is Roxana. My flower stall is called Roca Brings Flowers. I might end up calling you both Roca and Roxana. Why not? I'll be responding to both. So I was trying to remember the first time that we actually met. Okay. And it was, in fact, when I was downstairs in the Travelling Through Bookshop Cafe making cakes and sweeping out my patio. And you were above at Scooter Cafe doing exactly the same. Watering the plants, preparing for the day. Exactly. We We said a good morning and we shared the mutual love for gardening and selling coffee, I guess. We did, exactly. And then you left and disappeared for a while back to Poland. That's true. Not for long though. Not for long. (laughs) And then you returned and then I saw you intermittently and then traveling through closed down and we lost touch. And the next thing I knew, because you disappeared. I disappeared too. (laughs) That's true. Yes, I disappeared for a while. That's just the nature of (laughs) the travelers. Exactly. (laughs) And then suddenly I found out that you had set up a flower store. And I thought, this is very entrepreneurial of you, very brave in, in this time. I'm and, trying my best. And I thought you'd be an absolutely perfect guest to chat to. I was very honoured when you asked me to come and be your guest, so thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure, <laughs> to, pleasure to be sitting here with you yeah. and to find a little bit more about you because okay. I, I don't really know about your background, so I know mm. that you are from Poland originally. I am. What originally drew you to London? So that is not related to my flower business. When I was studying years ago, I used to study culture studies and my field was film. So as a young student, I used to work at film festival and I got in touch with some uh, director from London and we've decided to make music together. So that's the reason why I'm in London, because I imagine that one day I will be heard on the radio. (laughs) I'm heard on the podcast, which is brilliant. Um, But yeah, I I, I moved to London just to make my little music recordings with my friends. What kind of music? Is it singing or is it So I I mainly sing, but I also play piano. And we were both arranging them really. My friend was writing the songs and I was singing them and helping with coming up with certain ideas, harmonies and stuff. But that was something we've been made, well, doing about seven years ago. Okay. And uh, these days, I guess around lockdown, I've decided to set up my own little recording studio at home, mm-hmm. as everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was doing my own music, which I was very pleased with, because it's nice to just like start doing things independently, I guess, uh, exactly. without waiting for other people to have the time and inspirations, I guess. Sure. Um, that was quite helpful to start things just basically by your equipment and anytime you felt like doing something during this beautiful two months of lockdown for me two months because I started to work in June again uh, but okay. anyway yeah um, this is that was like a brief comeback to making music it's one one of those 
music which I would describe as a, just a dramatic music, <laughs> which is a, a little bit poppy uh, mm -hmm. because of the strong accent on melody uh, rather than rhythm. And yeah, I love harmonizing and I try to make my little visuals for it. So I make little video clips. So if anyone is interested in checking it out, oh. I have a little YouTube channel. I just store it as a like rock as music. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. Okay, all right. We can look it up then. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's something new I didn't know about oh, you. Okay. And I knew when you started up your flower business on your Instagram, you were singing. Yes, I'm and, trying and to I combine thought, wow, that. I make that's my really little lovely. silly adverts where I'm, uh, I don't know, using my voice uh, to do a voiceover and I sing in a background just to sell yeah. the flowers. Well, it's lovely. Somehow. It's very yeah. creative. I try to base on the, like an old musicals I love, like My Fair Lady or exactly. Oliver Twist or the recent one where I'm trying to sell my new card collection. I'm just combining few songs. You don't bring me flowers. Make it easy on yourself. And um, a song sung by uh, Jackson Five as well. So okay. yeah, <laughs> I find it very playful, basically, to yeah. be able to combine that sort of knowledge of recording. I just enjoy doing it. It's not like I would okay. call myself a professional because mm. I'm not earning money for it. But it's nice to learn those skills. To just use it you and know when it. you need it exactly. you know so i don't have to really book a studio and and book people to to do it for me i can just do it myself and if i can i try to like edit little videos for it as well like i've done some little animations as well or yeah edited live footage as well so okay I'll, we'll put the links in for the for the listeners to listen to oh if you want, want to yeah definitely. why not it might be interesting might be very boring but it's really <laughs> up to you to decide well, i find it very joyful and very positive the little snippets that you put in yeah it's definitely fun yeah. <laughs> so uh that's the yeah. main thing yeah <laughs> i just keep it you know that way will you buy my sweet red roses to Coming to London was about seven years ago. Eight, actually. Eight years ago. That was Boxing Day 2012. My goodness, what a day to arrive I in know, London. I know, what a wonderful <laughs> gift for London. <laughs> what were the challenges that you faced initially coming to London okay. for the first time? Um, challenges. I guess the one challenge which probably every foreign person uh, faces in the beginning is the, the language barrier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that sort of time which you need to accommodate yourself and um, even so if you speak English or you can understand until you'll be able to take part fully in a conversation to the level where you can joke with somebody which is yeah. always very important for me at least it took some time for me maybe a year or mm -hmm. so so I always well these days I always joke with my friends that before you could speak you you had lots of friends <laughs> because you would just say yes to everything and when you learn how to express yourself you lost half of them but you know at least the good ones stayed with you so you know the thing. ones which know you enough 
to like yeah and appreciate by who you are and, yeah. and want to hang out with you so it, I think that was the one challenge and rather than that like I would consider myself as incredibly lucky because I got the job uh, pretty much straight away mm-hmm. um, in a place which I loved absolutely loved that was Scooter Cafe, Scooter Cafe where I made lots of important friends and these friendships stay with me like they last basically one of one of the friendships with you but that yeah. was obviously on a different like later stage yeah um, in the beginning um, I can always imagine that uh, when people arrive to London the most difficult things are the language the yeah. accommodation and yeah. what you do really if you don't enjoy your work or you pay a lot for your accommodation it's just it takes the whole joy and and fun from Definitely. living in London away I was always lucky with my flats I never felt like I was paying more than I could afford mm. and I know lots of people who unfortunately whatever they earn they have to spend on their rent uh, I never had that sort of situation and I'm very grateful for it which allowed me to do whatever I am doing so I didn't have to have highly paid work somewhere in a bank, for example, just to be able to cover my rent. I could work in a cafe and then make my music on the side, or I could invest that time in like retraining to be a gardener and then later florist. So I never had that pressure on me. So that was great. Plus, I'm a cyclist, so I didn't have to spend lots of money on public transport. And it can be very expensive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. These two things, like cheap flat and cycling, probably improved my London experience. Plus, obviously, I guess you really need to make sure that what you do every day, work-wise, you really enjoy. Otherwise, yeah. you know, your, your life is pretty miserable. And yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we spend so much time at work, you have to make sure, you know, this is a part of your yeah. lifestyle, really. And Most you have to yeah, yeah. stand strongly for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and while you were working in the bar, you yeah. were retraining and gardening and then doing the floristry and was that with always the ultimate goal of setting up your own business or did that come later because I know you mentioned about the lockdown and how Um, that changed your perspective. Definitely I think the lockdown was an eye-opening moment for me. I guess the ambition of running your own either cafe or my own little place like flower shop was always somewhere there but I didn't really believe I would be able to do it and especially if you have a job you enjoy and I always had this lack of like getting on with my bosses so uh, for whatever reason I always stayed uh, in a very comfortable position even so you knew you should probably move on and make (laughs) space for the new ones it would always take me a while like I'm I'm quite a nostalgic person like I uh, I like to be around the same places but um, lockdown really helped me because unfortunately the floristry industry got really affected by lockdown because obviously all our events been cancelled yeah. and weddings and all the things we've been relying on for for this year. Yeah. So uh, I was made redundant. I mean, I've been furloughed, but yeah. then uh, recently I've been made redundant and I knew about it, that that's coming as well. So I just felt like I need to prepare myself for mm-hmm. the new situation. And I've decided to retrain myself just to put it in order so I used to work 
I've been making music mm -hmm. as I was working in a cafe slash bar. Yeah. And then I retrained myself to be become a florist, which I've been doing for about four years. Right. And then last two years, I, I worked in a lovely place, which I loved, absolutely loved, uh, called Dover's Flowers. And that was in Pimlico. And I mm -hmm. could see myself staying there for probably longer, even yeah. though I probably should move again to develop. But I just really loved those people and the customers, people who run it and all my colleagues. But lockdown happened and situations been changed. So I knew I'm losing my job at the flower shop. Nobody could pay the bills for keeping me there. And so, yes, I tried to retrain myself. I wanted to become a sailor. Mm -hmm. And luckily, again, uh, one of my friends is running this underwear company called Little Black Pants oh, Club. Yeah. Alice Holloway, in, an incredibly talented young designer. She makes lovely little pants mm -hmm. <laughs> for she, women for women yes uh, made by women for women uh, it's all very sustainable yeah. we use organic cotton she pays living wage for her technicians and she invited me for this sort of collaboration so i become her technician i invested all my summer to retrain and okay. find out all the secrets of making them now i'm making the pants but i've realized that as much as i really enjoy doing it i was missing the flowers uh -huh. <laughs> so I did try to get in touch with other florists in London and maybe convince them to, to hire me but everyone is in the same situation everyone's Every, cautious everyone is very cautious yeah. I knew nobody will open the door for me and this is where I've decided to open the door for myself <laughs> and then uh, come up with this idea I remember that day I went for a little lockdown walk by the river with mm -hmm. my friend who I used to make music with. Right, <laughs> so okay. the friendship still uh, continues. Yeah. Uh, his name is Kirk and we went for a little beer by the, by the river and I just started to feel a little bit nostalgic for those times where I used to be a florist. And then I remember just sitting there saying like, I just, I don't know, probably have enough experience. Basically, I've been selling things for years and I know how to put flowers together and, you know, nobody's going to open the door. But why wouldn't I just set up my own little flower stall? And I knew there is a farmer's market in Camberwell where I live at the moment. Yeah. And I thought, why don't I just bring flowers to the community as a little treat? Basically, I wasn't yeah. sure if this is going to be a business, really. Right. For me, it was more like based on my longing for working with flowers combined with I need to do something with flowers as well and so why don't I just bring some flowers for people who yeah just to encourage the whole community to get back together and have the purpose and, and reason to get out of the houses because I feel like everyone was a little bit desperate for going out yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was this kind of weird post lockdown week when Nobody knew if we can just yet leave the house and how safe it is. And I guess there was a bit of a fear involved. And, and mm. I felt like the flowers would probably encourage people to leave the houses. And, and I just felt like, why don't I just build my store and order all the tools I need to run my own business, mm. like including all the scissors, papers, ribbons, and uh, my little trolley, uh, because that was the whole idea of running. It's amazing. <laughs> a muscle-powered <laughs> company, so I'm not using a car, I'm actually just cycling, and yes, yes. obviously to carry all my stuff, I needed a little trolley for the flowers as well. So yeah, I, I organized myself within one week since that conversation. Amazing. Yeah, okay, we spoke on good. Thursday night. That night, I sent an email to this lovely woman called Annette, who runs Camberwell Farmers Market. 
and following Saturday I introduced myself. At first I thought oh, they probably are not interested in another florist because I could see, yeah. uh, I mean she was selling her own grown plants which yeah. she's, she's been growing over lockdown time so I just felt like oh maybe she's not up for it but yeah, then yeah. who knows maybe she'll be interested in like sharing the, the space with me so I just introduced myself as a florist who would like to bring some flowers to the community and and then her reaction was so amazing like really I didn't realize she was the manager of the market she invited me straight for the next week to bring my little trolley and my umbrella and set up my my little business so this is it like basically there was this idea and luckily straight away I got this green light from people who were running the market and in the meantime because I wasn't sure if that is going to happen I called Craig the mm -hmm. owner of Cable Cafe and Scooter Cafe and Cable Bakery if yeah. I could bring my flowers there as well and and maybe you know beautify the area a little bit even so the bakery is pretty enough but yeah. I just felt like maybe having a, a bit, of bit of flowers extra. yeah <laughs> extra a bit color. of extra um, because they sell the bread and all the essentials and I thought well come on it's lockdown right or like we used to stay so much in a house and yeah. we know how important it is to like beautify the space where we live or spend lots of time and you've noticed lots of people start to buy plants just to feel a little green around them because we just spend so much time indoors exactly so I thought like flowers for the weekend are essential just like yeah. bread and egg you know like you need to have a sunday morning coffee with some flowers next Definitely. to you and it's on really your kitchen table yeah, or totally. just on your window ledge or windowsill or whatever yeah. it improves the the whole week and i can voucher for it yeah. and all my customers say it as well so luckily they're coming back yeah, yeah that's great i mean it's true color flowers there's only positive energy comes from flowers i think it always makes people smile that's true i mean i could see how people reacted to the whole appearance of my little hand-built bike stall yes. everyone was so happy to see it and i was just so encouraged by that like mm. i felt if not this the reaction of camberwell community i don't know if i would carry on because mm. obviously there are days when you feel like well, did I sell enough to just pay my bills? But then when you see people being so happy or sending you pictures from the kitchen saying how much that improved their day or how much the, the grandma or mom said thank you and yeah. how, how much they appreciated it. I don't know, it just feels like it's worth it basically. Yeah. And yeah. when you see them coming back and suddenly you feel like, oh, you're actually selling enough to just carry on with doing it on a professional level rather than just like a community project it's yeah it just gives you lots of encouragement Definitely. and yeah literally i'm just looking at your oh, little trailer and yeah. then you've got a wooden box that you've made yourself uh, that you box oh this is another story so that box comes from my friend sophie mm -hmm. she is a dear friend she's actually alice's uh, sister the lady i'm making pants with she <laughs> she actually joined me at the farmer's market in camberwell and she makes upcycled planters yeah oh, planters yes. or boxes and stuff so yeah. um as a like a mutual support she got some flowers from me and i ordered some box from her oh, so okay. this box comes from her store and it's right. all kind of recycled from the old palette and uh, yeah well, it's, it's really nice that one yeah. and then you've made your own table i've made my own table and, yes and, and that was really nice again because i found that piece of wood hanging around my neighborhood <laughs> and luckily that belonged to my neighbors who said please take it you'll, you'll yeah. do us a massive favor if you yeah. do and I was so grateful 
I invited them to come down to Camberwell Green and we've established this really nice relationship now. They are coming That's every fantastic. week and they are getting a little deal, hopefully. <laughs> well, I try to look after them because they looked after me, so it's always yes. that sort of exchange. Yeah. Definitely. That's how you, you build loyalty with your customers and they also tell other people and it builds well, that I hope way. so. <laughs> I shall certainly tell as many people. Hopefully the podcast will also get people down. So, so any listeners, actually, if you're in Camberwell Green on a Saturday between... So 10 a.m. to p.m. 10, yes. 10 a.m. to p.m. Find Rocker Brings Flowers stall and come and buy her beautiful flowers. They're just all from Covent Garden Market. She gets all up very from, early in the morning to, yes. to buy the best. Well, this is another thing. It's just kind of nice to feel like you are taking part in the whole process of rebuilding the industry because obviously the, the boys at the market suffer as well because florists buy much less everyone is cautious and it really depends like we we base on the retail right now so on customers so as long as i know i'm in camberwell and that's local for me uh, i know i will have somebody coming down because uh, people do buy locally i know a few florists who have or used to have flower shops in central London and that's unfortunately suffering a lot because course, that yeah. used to be lots of offices and tourists which obviously is so much more reduced at the moment so yeah it's, it's just kind of nice to go to the new Covent Garden and get some flowers from the wholesalers okay. who yeah. are happy to see you <laughs> buying. Fantastic okay let's move on to a quick round of questions. Okay what's your favorite flower? <gasps> Oh, you got me. Is that, is that too hard a question? <laughs> oh, I, I've noticed that I change my uh, preference with the season. <laughs> so what is your, what's your current favourite? My current favourite? Oh, gosh, I do love <laughs> asters, for example. Okay. I really like the big-headed asters. Yeah. And, uh, and they come in different colours? They, they do. They uh, you, you can see some of, of them here. You oh, see, they've oh, got these lovely, lovely pink deep ones. Pink, and deep pink, can not they? Deep pink. Like fuchsia pink. Uh, yeah, deep purples. Um, I started to fall in love with chrysanthemum as well, like okay. big blooms of oh, chrysanthemums. Nice, yes. nice. And yeah, I do like the September colours really because yeah. I feel like I, I'm getting excited with the beginning of every season. So now we have loads of um, really beautiful coloured hydrangeas which are in all sorts of per like deep reds and purples and we get all sorts of nice red oak leaves and yeah. the mm -hmm. colors are just amazing i i do love dahlias absolutely love dahlias, dahlias as well right. so and that's my favorite autumnal flowers okay. yeah and you, you mentioned that you got these ones from roots and shoots or so i've got few bunches uh, from roots and shoots this is like a local charity where mm -hmm. i work part-time as well yes. um and uh, in kennington in kennington yeah. so these flowers been grown by the young adults with learning difficulties who are training themselves to become either gardeners or work in the retail or they are learning lots of practical skills yes. uh, so it's like an, an environmental uh, charity and I work there this is some sort of like equivalent of a college so uh, right. young adults from like about 16 till 25 mm -hmm. years old um, trained there and uh, these flowers come from those fields. Oh, yeah, okay. they've, they planted them, they've been maintaining the garden, they build the flower beds and uh, yeah I'm trying to include a few bunches every Friday. Where and you give a certain amount to I am giving, yes, they charity. cost five pounds and I give a pound to the charity. It really yeah. depends how much I'm selling if I feel of like <laughs> yeah. the amount of the nation is small and funny I, I just add a bit of extra from my own pocket yeah, um, yeah. but yeah I see that people are 
was very generous as well yeah. and and react to it quite well so. <laughs> and they're beautiful little yeah. little bunches as well so yeah. another reason so to get to yes yeah, some people market only market. come there just to get that little bunch because they are they some lovely wild flowers and people do like this idea of supporting a charity yeah, and uh, also this is a way to advertise the charity a little bit as well in a way even definitely. so they are well known because they've been running in the same spot for 38 years I think from oh, 19 yeah okay. 1982 wow. Linda um, opened the, the door yeah. to the first uh, okay. lot of kids yeah wow okay so we'll put that in the show notes too so people can look that up if they're okay <laughs> um, so where is your favorite place to cycle in London when you haven't got your whole paraphernalia attached to okay. you okay um, my favorite place Okay, I do love cycling down to Rotherhithe. Mm -hmm. I really love going to that area where the Sands Film Club is. It's by the river. Mm. Uh, I used to, during lockdown, <laughs> I had my favorite uh, spot by the river in that area as well. And I, okay. I just love these Victorian buildings there. And You've got lots of green space there as well. There is yeah. an amazing Savage Park nearby. And so yeah. this is one of the directions. I do love going as well into Pimlico and cycle around there mm -hmm. because it's so nice and quiet, but so central. So I don't know, I always feel like uh, you always discover some amazing garden then, something hidden, yeah. like full of mystery. It's really nice. Okay. Um, what you like to do most in your neighborhood is Camberwell, is it? Camberwell, yeah. yes. I mean, Kennington as well, in a way, because it's so close. But yeah, I used to live in Kennington as well, just by the gas folder. And I used to live in Brixton, but I do associate myself with Camberwell right. the most. And probably the most pleasant thing I can think of on the Sunday morning, for example, would be probably just having a a walk and mm -hmm. go to my favorite cafe called Love Walk Cafe by this really lovely mysterious alley called Love Walk and okay. on the corner there's a cafe and uh, there are very friendly people running it and it's just nice to be like greeted and get your coffee and maybe full English breakfast or American <laughs> breakfast yeah depending on what you've been doing the night before what you <laughs> feel like uh, so yeah I do love just walking around the area or just jump on a bike and go down the river. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we move on to our second round of questions. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm excited. So home, home is originally Poland. Poland, uh, yes. Whereabouts in Poland? So that is the from? northern part of Poland. So mm. it's not quite Gdańsk, although if I travel to visit my parents, I use the Gdańsk airport. Yes. Um, it's called Kashubia, the whole area. It's yes. full of like lakes and hills. It's one of those areas which is like post Lazio's uh, full of little deep and cold lakes or very wide and warmer ones as okay. well. Yeah, very and, beautiful and area. And you um, you go back regularly to visit your family or, you, or mm. when you... Well, I try to go there at, at least twice a year. So definitely yeah. summer to swim in the lakes yeah. and Christmas, obviously, because <laughs> I'm sure my family wouldn't forgive me if I wouldn't <laughs> spend the Christmas with them and then I can just uh, ice skate on on the frozen lake so I, I feel like yeah. these are the things which always attract me back home yeah so I mean besides the seeing well. obviously my oh, yes. massive family then, oh, you've yeah. got a very yeah, good yeah, family yeah. there yeah it's and a big family so now that you're there that you're living or kind of settled in, in London yeah. do you 
I know you went back temporarily uh, yes. or with an idea to sort of setting up life again there. I had this idea, but I think looking back, I know that was something to do with the whole EU referendum and Brexit. And I've noticed lots of my friends moved away not necessarily polish friends like lots of other friends my friends from australia there was this very depressing feel in london everyone started to complain mm. and i remember uh, i stopped making music at the time and i felt like all my reasons why i was there kind of faded right. so i feel like on this kind of a wave of negativity i moved away as well because it just happened when i lost my flat as well like i okay. used to live in brixton yeah. for about four years paying so little and then i suddenly started to face the real prices in mm. london and i just couldn't get anything which i could afford and then it just happened in, in poland there was this opportunity my sister was moving from her little flat to a bigger one because her family was getting bigger yeah so i could just get that flat and continue paying rent there, yeah. which was much smaller, obviously. I, I just felt like I'm like against the whole idea of spending so much money on just a little room where I could have the whole flat for the same amount of money yeah. in Poland. And there was this opportunity to, to work for BBC there as well. Oh, wow. So I, okay. for, I spent the eight months working in the office, yeah. <laughs> which I cherish as an experience. But right. I realized that... Uh, Very delicately I, um, put. <laughs> definitely. Uh, a more manual person. I, I, I felt like I was getting very impatient sitting in front of the screen and, and trying to write emails, for example. Okay. Like I worked with a wonderful people. So they looked after me very well and took great care of me. But I just felt like that was the time when I realized, oh, no, I definitely want to do my floristry. <laughs> and it was difficult to find a floristry work so you can continue professions like floristry in in Poland or maybe even I don't know hair when you're a hairdresser so are a little bit underestimated still it's right. a little bit like a kind of unskilled profession it's, it's seen like that even so it requires lots of skill, <laughs> knowledge and yeah, skill and yeah, experience yeah. but it's just that old-fashioned way of treating that profession so I felt like I wouldn't be able to work as a florist there and uh, yeah I've decided to move back to London where I could continue my floristry adventure and because I used to do my course before I moved back to Poland and I was working in in few places right. before but then I just wanted to do it full time as well and I just couldn't do it in Poland so um, I moved back and within a week I found a great <laughs> great work in this flower shop in Pimlico again called Flowers by Van Twisk. So I was okay. always very grateful for Randall to like open the door for me. Like yeah. I literally just came out um, from the street <laughs> yeah, saying, hey, um, I'm a florist. Do you want to do you want to employ me? <laughs> and then he always is like, I impressed him because I had some pictures printed off <laughs> and uh, my little reference written down like with like a that was like a handwritten <laughs> reference by a guy who used to hire me in Covent Garden. Yeah, I settled in Pimlico again. I, I kind of came back to Pimlico to Dover's Flowers Way, where I was working for John uh, Oakley. And yeah, that was wonderful. And I had the most precious memories of that place. And, you know, I would love to continue. But um, obviously, situation is as it's it is. And I'm kind of grateful for the whole situation because, 
if not the fact I was kind of pushed out of comfortable zone, um, I probably wouldn't push myself to start mm. my own thing. And I must say, I really enjoy doing it by myself. And yeah. it's a completely different level of joy where you work under your own name. Of so course, yeah. when I've done lots of weddings uh, for the other companies, just kind of nice to do a wedding and then just say Rocker brings flowers yeah. made it rather yeah. than we as a whatever company. You I would take mention. full responsibility. <laughs> responsibility, that's one thing. And obviously that is great because you are like, you've realized like you are much more harder on yourself. It's I remember working in Pimlico thinking like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do it by nine o'clock? Yeah. Like headache or like hangover. But these days I I'm waking up at six o'clock and More very focused, as very well. focused yeah. and very disciplined, and I'm I'm learning a lot about myself yeah. in that way. So it's 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 great. Yeah. I'm very pleased. I'm just such a awful boss for myself, <laughs> but you know, um, it pays off. It's, it's okay. great. Yeah. Well, they look beautiful, definitely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but one one of the things of moving away from where you're brought up from yeah. is is that there's certain things that that you miss, and okay. and um, the memories, the things that that while you're here are always mm -hmm. strong with you. There's something specifically for oh, you okay. that's always um, for you a really strong memory f of Poland or uh, growing up or... Um, well, <laughs> I tend to think that I am actually really missing my lakes <laughs> because lakes, I was growing yeah. up, I was surrounded by all these lakes and you don't appreciate that until that's been taken away from you. Well, it's yeah. been taken. Really, you moved out of it, of yeah. that sort of areas. And and suddenly you are in London and you, and, you, and you know how much joy swimming gives you, how much yeah. you can like reset, right? Or like mm. stretch properly. And, and suddenly you have to go to the swimming pool and pay for everything. <laughs> and it's got like a chlorine water and it's not as pleasant. And then I miss my lakes in the winter where I could ice skate and and now obviously you look for solution in the town and and you go to the ice rings I mean now they slowly reopen which is great but um it's one of those where you just realize oh in Poland I yes, just had it there yes. for free waiting for me every summer I could swim as much as I wanted and every winter I would just go and ice skate so I think this is something which always comes back to me yeah. every season yeah. I'm just thinking of that and uh, that's why when I go to visit my, my parents who, who still live in this beautiful area, this is the, the, the main thing yeah. I do. You know, I just go down to lakes. Well, I've yeah. never been to Poland okay. and I think I shall have to go and visit those lakes when you I do. Sure. So. Beautiful, clear water. It's, it's just it so, it's, it's beautiful. It's very yeah. healthy, you see. It's like yeah. you can smell this pine in the air and then swim in the yeah. crystal clear water. Yeah. Wow, yes. With all this, you know, fishes around. <laughs> You feel like a siren. Um, no yeah. ice cream van playing in the no. distance for that. You know, that's, don't get me wrong. Like, it's just it's great to be in town and have all this, like living in Camberwell feels amazing because if you your postcode is SE5, you are allowed to have that membership card which allows you to go and swim for free over right. weekends or use oh, the gym okay. as well. So I've been quite regular at that, which it's, it's brilliant. Uh, the, unfortunately, there's nothing like that for ice skating, no. but I feel like the swim, it was, I still felt very grateful for that. And then, you know, living in Camberwell, it's quite brilliant because you have Peckham on the corner. So when the cinemas were still open, you yeah. could go to Peckham Plex Pex, for Fiverr yes. and you could risk the movie <laughs> because it only cost you five pounds. So it was great to just like, you know, uh, go there on any day off you used to have or like a spare 
evening you had with friends rather yeah. than just go to pubs. You could see a great movie in the cinema yeah. and then a pub afterwards. Of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> to discuss yeah. the movie you've just seen. Exactly, to discuss <laughs> the movie. Monday, Friday, life through weekend. Stop just waiting by a ticket to another brighter point. Brighter point where you see a different world. Such a beautiful, different world. Such a beautiful, different voice is brighter, deeper than you know, using all the time you own. So, we're going to do another quick round of questions. Sure. Then. What's your favourite Polish food? Okay, favourite Polish food. Ah, oh, I must say, I'm very fond <laughs> of kotlety milone, which sounds just so basic, but I really miss it. I try to recreate that. I have one Russian friend called Natasha. She makes an amazing kotlety milone. And I don't know where she learned her recipe, but she just adds a bit of milk into that like uh, bread. So it gets really nice and soft and she grates the onion rather than just chop them as yeah. we used to do at home. Sort of like a meatball type dish. Okay. It's like a kotlet. Um, so you just make that. <laughs> With, with bread and onions. So yeah, you just uh, have like a, oh, I'm sorry for like if any vegetarian is listening to me. This is like Poland is so meat orientated. Meat orientated. <laughs> I mean, I am okay. Like I'm, if I eat meat, I eat that, and it has to come from like a good source as well. I'm, I'm even not eating as much meat as I used to mm. since I live in London. But yeah, I do really miss that. Maybe this is why, because I'm not <laughs> eating it often enough. So I'm, I'm missing that. So yeah, it's like a kind of a minced meat mixed with egg, salt, lots of salt and pepper, yeah. grated onion, and uh, you add a bit of uh, breadcrumbs as well. So you mix it, like it a, all together. It's like a meatball. Like a it's little, like a like meatball, but then you roll it in a flour and you fry it and you can add some mushrooms on the side and you have okay. it with potato. That, okay. you, you have to have it with potato, potato. like a nice mashed potato, mashed ideally, potato. Okay. ideally. And then a bit of like dill on top and <laughs> ideally some sort of Kotswav cabbage based salad um, yeah with like lemon and sugar and grated apple and just that sort of like in grated onion like raw <laughs> onion is the thing which you oh, makes you onion, yeah <laughs> makes you strong and healthy so i guess this is 
I mean, that can sounds you buy, so can amazing. You, can you get it here? Can you? Is yeah, I'm making it. So yeah, if I miss, here, okay. if I miss that, or also I have a friend who always mentions that, like, shall we get burachki? Like, <laughs> even learn that uh, word because I do it. Uh, like, I, I crave. It's just a beetroot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I crave beetroot quite often. So you know, anything beetroot based, like borscht or like just pickled burachki. Right. Um, yeah, it's okay. something which I love. And because there's a quite a quite a lot of Polish restaurants now in, okay. in London. Yeah, is there one that's a favourite for you, or do you prefer just to cook at home? When uh, it comes to, to be Polish honest, food? yes. If I'm gonna eat Polish food, I uh, I'm not saying the restaurants I wouldn't recommend, but it's just <laughs> coming <laughs> coming from Poland. I guess you just get a really strong lesson of how to cook your own meal. <laughs> I know they're amazing, very specialised in like Baltic food restaurants, like. I think it's called Baltic, Baltic yeah. <laughs> in, in Waterloo or like there is Mamushka, which is like Polish for, for people with like limited budget. So you can yeah. go there and get some nice pierogi or sauerkraut and stuff like that. If I go to the restaurants in London, I usually tend to go to places which serve food I can make at home. So, okay. you know. So with that, that leads me on to my next question. What's your favorite UK food? Oh, UK. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, the uk food well i need to separate that because okay. you can get all sorts of food in here right the indian yeah. the, the, the the british indian food oh, that's <laughs> true very good yes yes the you've, chicken you've tikka seen masala big, seen a big hole in exactly. my question haven't you yeah <laughs> To be honest, I don't mind having an English breakfast, really. Like, I do appreciate a good English breakfast in the morning. With sausage, bacon, um, eggs, I don't beans. like the sausage, unfortunately, but mm -hmm. I do like the eggs, scrambled eggs. I do like a bit of the bacon as well, yeah, yeah and yeah. yeah, the whole lot. It's, and baked you know, beans. beans, definitely <laughs> beans. Toast. I love the, yeah, two pieces of brown toast with some <laughs> butter on it. I, I do like the mushrooms, yeah, nice and peppery mm -hmm. with a bit of garlic, that's fine as well. And definitely some tomatoes as well. I like a bit of like something fresh as well. And, and ideally, ideally a bit of garlicky spinach. Garlic. I know this is like extra, that's <laughs> not like an English breakfast, but just to have a bit of a balance yeah. for the Okay. Meaty, heavy base, yeah. <laughs> um, but what else? Like, okay, there is another thing which I realize lots of my friends eat, and I don't know if this is an English thing or not. But the amount of chilies I've ate in England in any household—it's just like a like a chili is like a signature dish. Something I've learned here: everyone, if they invite you for a dinner, it's usually chili. Chili. <laughs> and then once somebody asked me to make a chili, and I made a chili, but I know only vegetarian chili. And then I think that person was a little bit disappointed because, like, <laughs> for me, chili is full of like meat. meat but, yes. Um, anyway, they yeah. have to eat it <laughs> with like a good amount of wine, okay. which I nobody really remembers yeah. <laughs> what you ate. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so where would you go with a picnic to relax in London when it's sunny, but also when it's maybe cold and rainy? Okay, so like picnic in cold and rainy environment. Yes. That sounds very British, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, nice and relaxing yeah, we have as to, well. Yes, yeah, so you have to be prepared um, for all, <laughs> all eventualities. Okay, well, I do love the parks, really. I do love the Kennington Park. I know okay. it's not the most loved by all my friends. I try to push the Kennington Park. <laughs> uh, I really love Dulwich Woods, but 
I wouldn't recommend to sit there with a picnic because it's very wild. So yeah. maybe Peckham Rye. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that keen on veggies for some reason. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is just not enough trees for me. Okay. It's always very sunny. So if you are looking for a place where you want to sunbathe, <laughs> go to Burgess. Okay. But yeah. You need shade, don't go Yeah, there. <laughs> I mean, I do like going down the river as well. If that would be my destination as well, like Rodder High, um, Savak Park, there's lots of beautiful plane trees. I think I just love the plane trees, basically, which is, yeah, in Kennington, you've got them and, and Savak Park is full of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. And then Savak has this amazing, I mean, we are sitting here as well in a lovely flower garden we are, um, and very similar with just with a bigger pond um, is in Savak Park and I think it's like designed by this Adas, Adas Sutler or something okay, like in 1930s actually, yeah. they're beautiful and just like in here there is like a beautiful kind of a wisteria path and you yeah. know again Raskin Park it's hard to choose like yeah. I would probably depending You've got on lots of options yeah I mean yeah <laughs> and I just when it's raining it. When it's raining. Oh, sorry, I totally forgot about my absolute favorite is St. James's Park. I know it's very oh, crowded. Yes, Maybe not, not on Sunday, but summer, yes. afternoon, yeah. midweek. I love St. James's. And it's got lots of trees. Mm, and it's got Park. lots of trees. And you have this lovely hill there yeah. as well. And the water. Uh, yeah. A bit of everything. I do tend to go to places with the water. Yeah, mm. I do miss the water. And on a rainy day, I would probably <laughs> just suggest staying up. <laughs> have a picnic uh, at home. Having a <laughs> picnic in the living room. Um, <laughs> that works. Well, I'm thinking rainy. I can't think of anything pleasant in, on a rainy day. <laughs> I mean, rather than going for a lovely coffee to your favorite cafe, I, I tend to go love what cafe or right. you know like something where i feel comfortable like you know scooter cafe or cable yeah okay we'll move on to our third round of questions okay then. so if you could live anywhere in london where would it be <laughs> okay uh i probably would stay in camberwell you would yeah. i really i'm yeah. really happy in camberwell i absolutely yeah. love. i mean i used to say and i still believe if I could afford that, I do love Pimlico as well. Okay. Um, because it's so close to the river, it's closer than Camberwell, and it's very central and it's very quiet and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But I've, I'm very happy in Camberwell, and the street where I, I live is very nice and quiet, and I face a lovely park, uh, Locust Gardens, and uh, yeah. I mean, if I could upgrade that and move to like uh, Camberwell Grove, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. Uh, uh, we always <laughs> with my flatmates go for walks there, yeah. hoping maybe some single bachelor is just looking through the window for a new wife or something. So we're just like showing our faces just, just in, case. in case. But yes. yeah, it didn't happen just 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 yet. You, ne <laughs> you never know. Uh, okay. So what is it about London that makes you want to stay? Is it is it the people, the culture, the food, the music, all of it? None of it? <laughs> no, definitely not none of it. Definitely, if anything, all of it. Um, most of it, people. Definitely people. And the weather. <laughs> you love the weather, do you? I love the, I love the, the rain. The changing seasons. Yeah. No, it's quite actually nice and mild, so you can yeah. cycle all year round. Poland is much more dramatic, I would say. You can definitely it, yeah. feel the season changing. Um, no, it's not the rain really, what I <laughs> which keeps me in London. People, people, definitely. When I moved back to Poland, even so, my family is there and I have lovely nephews and I could have like a nice bonding time with them. I just felt like I was watching someone's life rather than leave my own. I knew my friends were here. Yeah. I lived here for about four years before I moved away and, and I just felt like 
<laughs> what am I doing? Like yeah. all my like my heart was still in London and even so in Poland I I always was surrounded by people. I felt very you know how it feels. Yeah. You just feel yeah. lonely. And then I'm when I moved back to to uh, to, to England. Uh, London really I I could just walk alone on a street familiar yeah. street and I just felt so at home yeah. it's so weird like my parents wouldn't be able to understand that Poland is the place where I was growing up and I had my childhood and my family is there yeah. but London is the place where I was actually feeling like I'm making my like I was I'm, I'm making my living I was living here independently and all my formative years they, okay. they just happen here so yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, all the, the fondest memories I've got, the recent ones at least, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I had great friends in Poland yeah. and wonderful experiences there. And I did live away from the house since I was 16 years old, as I was sent to, well, sent, <laughs> chosen to go to a boarding school. And then I lived um, as a student in Warsaw and then a little bit in Italy. Uh, so you're so, very independent, really. But anyway, I, yeah, so. but this is like, I don't know, I just felt I was always missing my dear friend which I made at Scooter Cafe and through Scooter Cafe and, mm. and yeah I really missed them when I was away yeah. so as soon as I came back I just felt at, at home, home. Yeah, yeah definitely so you and made I the right decision do. to come back then, yeah, yeah yeah okay so what place in the UK has had the biggest impact on you <laughs> and, and why okay uh, the place where I just kind of feel like everything started and mm. I met all these people who are in my life right now and are supporting me and yeah it's actually Scooter Cafe Scooter because Cafe. I, li- I worked I there for so that. long and it's, it was always amazing to like go down to Lower Marsh and yeah. see the customers or people who used to hang out around the cafe you just felt part of the community and yeah. people would yeah. like greet you and you yes. would recognize each other stop on the street and and you would just meet so many different characters lots of amazing people i met there and it's also very vibrant uh, area like when the pre-lockdown time all the theaters and there is lots of uh, tv productions people are coming down to the um, to that area so you could meet lots of amazing people and get free tickets for all sorts of shows and <laughs> I think that really formed me, Scooter Cafe. But then obviously, whenever you go, you kind of learn new things. And mm. I know that I haven't been working there for what, five years or something. I know it just really, really influenced me and impacted my experience in a good way. Mm. Just suddenly felt off like the Royal Albert Hall as well. <laughs> Jumping in there suddenly. Yeah. But because it's just something like I have these very fond memories of coming to London and having my first summer and spending it by the Royal Albert Hall and going to right. proms, for example. Oh, and I just yes. felt like yeah. that was always such a strong building for me. I don't know, yeah. you know, seeing it in like Hitchcock's movies and then <laughs> on the movies in general, like yeah. imagine Grace Kelly coming down the staircase and the Royal Albert Hall is something which in some weird way impacted my life. But I don't really know on what level. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just thinking of, yeah, that's it's a, just great. something. Yeah, I've no, nobody's actually mentioned but I, okay. I agree. I've had a it has. A, I don't know. It just has like this sort of a strong presence in my oh, life. Like okay. when I think London summer, it's proms. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, a, where you can listen to the yeah. best classical music for like it used to be five, then six pounds. I don't know. Yeah. These days, nothing happens. But <laughs> no, no, no. Another quick round of questions before we're on to our final questions. If you could jump into a helicopter right this moment, okay. where would you ask the pilot to take you? Wow. 
maybe New York? <laughs> in a helicopter. It's okay. a long journey, isn't it? You might run out of, out uh, of fuel petrol, halfway across. Yeah. So you need, you need yeah, to exchange I just suddenly, it for a jet. It's only because I'm thinking, I just thought of a, a helicopter journey anywhere in the world. And I just felt it wouldn't be so nice to be in a, in this weather, in a beautiful golden autumn in a, a central park. <laughs> Oh, above it and see it all from from the sky yeah i would definitely see myself doing it right now but okay. um we'll, yeah. we'll we'll swap the helicopter for a jet plane to new york and then a helicopter over, over the... new york. <laughs> we'll extend the question yeah. okay um if you could only leave with one item that's been manufactured crafted or written by a british individual or a company what would it be one item yeah that's that's british if you were leaving having to leave what the country you mean? yeah and then go somewhere go to somewhere set. never to come back and you could only take one, one thing that was to you denotes being supremely british uh, that would, would be take? a teapot, a teapot. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny actually because when i was leaving scooter cafe that was like a big party as well because i was leaving the country yeah. and uh, a manager at the time georgina she actually organized a lovely set of a teapot and a cups for me oh, <laughs> so nice. i could take it home and think of england <laughs> and i did and did you bring them back with you no <laughs> obviously crying over my english tea there <laughs> oh, no. missing my friends but then when i was moving back i i just i i've decided to be very 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 minimalistic because okay. i used to have a lot of things lots yeah. because i used to go to flea markets every saturday yeah. and sunday actually to like Vauxhall and stuff or chiswick market and get all sorts of unnecessary but beautiful things <laughs> like teapots and uh, all sorts of like little saucers and yeah. and pictures and i i had so many things when i was moving back to poland like i was sending this ridiculous amount of <laughs> things and then i've realized no this that is just slowing me down and and weighing me down so um yeah i You've just left need to, them in poland i have yeah. i luckily my brother was generous enough just to store everything, store right? everything in his Thank God for that. It was like <laughs> 10 massive boxes full of crap. I mean, very precious. Yeah. I, I have an amazing sentiment to that thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. So every item probably has a story. Oh, everything there, so has I, a story, obviously. But you know, I've realized that real. it's just not helping you in life. You just need to kind of cut the strings of one luggage. Yeah. <laughs> also, when you're looking for a flat, come on, nobody yeah. allows you to move in with all these things. So uh, yeah, one very luggage. Much more practical coming yeah. back. To essential flowers obviously as well yeah. okay so now we are on to our final question here okay um what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone setting up a business in london okay um one piece of advice would be just do it just do it <laughs> don't yeah. fear uh because i think the fear of what might not happen or what might happen and will happen and go wrong and might just stop things happen and yeah. I know lots of creative people who are incredibly talented and could have done so well mm. but the fear of failure yeah. stops them yeah and I think for me it's like I went through all sorts of embarrassment in life especially when you learn a different <laughs> language and you make lots of mistakes yes. you just have to realize okay this is the only way to learn you have to get used to that sort of like people will laugh at you at first mm. and then mm. you they will be laughing with you but yeah. you know at first you just need to 
learn to just not care what they think because yeah, you have yeah. to be focused on what what you're doing yeah. you know what what you want to get and uh, i feel like sometimes having a very clear vision is not necessary either i mm. feel like just being flexible and being open to what what might happen i know not everything is encouraging but trying to be positive and if there are certain things which are not going well try not to focus too much on that because mm. you know it's just one one of those days you know yeah. you, about a year ago i was listening to this show by this poet a okay. people's poet i think his name is alabaster de plum and uh, he was just talking about how people want and this is what shetty says as well like people won't ever know how great you are how on earth are they supposed to believe in you mm. before you believe in yourself it's yeah. not like you are gonna suddenly compare yourself with the others and try to win some sort of competition is things like you you've got the right right yeah. to your voice or yeah. voice your ideas or express yourself you don't have to be loud and annoying you know you can just leave and be yourself and and you obviously meet lots of people who will be like against your ideas but what what is amazing and it's really building your confidence is when you meet the people who think in a similar way as you do mm. or like appreciate what you do and you might be really surprised like there is a whole community of people who believe in the same things as you do yeah. and it's just amazing to just do your things yeah, and yeah. then people start noticing it and then if they like it they will appreciate that but then if they won't appreciate it it shouldn't stop you from doing it exactly. so um, yeah that's, that's the advice such a good piece of advice <laughs> i love it i love it you're <laughs> and, very um, welcome and, um, and that was just one piece of advice <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's a lot more in there come so down to my flowers so i can <laughs> yes. talk you to them <laughs> exactly that's what I, so that's what i was going to say for the podcast listeners mm. um you're on various social media channels should i say oh. like instagram and <laughs> on a healthy level obviously yeah you yeah. realize this is such an incredible and useful tool it is yeah. and especially with flowers you you attract visually it's all about the pictures on instagram is, yeah. so I, I i do try to post as much as possible to keep my customers updated I mean, I only started last year and thing where when customers buy a flowers, I always offer them this option. They, they might say no, but I'm trying to build a bit of a community of my customers mm. and especially the ones who return. And I, I try to take a little portrait of them with a, nice. showing a yeah. bit of like that satisfaction, customer satisfaction. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they always have a little picture by my store and <laughs> yeah. take pictures of whatever I do, like little cards I start to make, whatever is new. So apart from what we've already discussed, mm. is there, and, and also there's the, the black knickers side okay, of things yes. as well that you're dealing, dealing with, but we have put that in the show notes. We're focusing on you yes. and your rocker that brings flowers. But is there anything else that we've, that you'd like to add that we'll want to? I feel like one of the biggest challenges, not just in London, but everywhere, is um, the condition I've got, which is OCD. It's uh, obsessive. Uh, compulsion disorder, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a particular one, which is quite common. That's why I've decided to talk about it. It's fear of contamination. Okay. So working in a bars or cafes, you can imagine what sort of an environment it is where there's lots of people yeah. and there's lots of drinks, you have spilled drinks and, and toilets to clean and washing up, being surrounded by germs, basically. Yeah. And I just <laughs> remember uh, even now when I'm doing my flower store outside in a coronavirus 
times uh, it is quite challenging for me because I face all these thoughts and fears but I just feel like it's such a great exposure as well and some sort of like therapy in a way because mm. I guess this is the best way of fighting it it's just literally not avoiding it or coming up with certain uh, solutions like washing your hands often and w which I still do but yeah, you know yeah, yeah. there is this um, method of explosion prevention reaction I think that's that's the term and uh, it's basically you have to expose yourself to a certain situation and instead of doing your little developed habits like for example if I shake someone's hand I feel uncomfortable and I need to wash my hands and mm. it's not personal that can be my friends people I know and trust it's still something I touch um, a furniture or something yeah. you know I suddenly feel my, my head goes through all sorts of uh, thoughts like if I'm working with flowers and and I for example hurt myself because you know you, you borrow tools you you share things you share the workspace with other people you cut your hands very often and the amount of fears I've got what if I get contaminated with something? What mm. if that rose, which has been grown in a certain part of the world, came across something and now I'm getting it into my blood system? You know, all sorts of things which people don't think of and yeah. I have to like go through that. That is a big challenge, but I just wanted to add that you can still function and yeah. even so you have it and you have certain struggles, you can still run your own business and be exposed to all sorts of viruses and be alive. And this is the whole thing. Instead of like washing your hands, you can sometimes when you don't have the tap nearby yes. or you don't have the hand sanitizer. I'm not saying don't do don't do it because obviously that wouldn't be responsible. But sometimes you it's good to like convince yourself that if you won't do it, uh, nothing bad is going to happen. And mm. this is just the best way of overcoming your fears and just proving yourself because constantly you're convincing yourself yeah, that if yeah. you want yes. something bad is going to happen right yeah, uh, yeah. people suffer from OCD when they have a bad thought for example then they start to balance this bad thought with a good thought for example and yeah. this is their way of feeling better otherwise yes. they feel guilty I'm not even worried about myself getting contaminated and die yeah. it's more about me passing this on to somebody so the amount of fear I had with like being outside um, selling flowers thinking of where the flowers are coming from luckily nobody came and reported any illnesses mm. which I caused so this is the great way of overcoming that sort of condition and yes yeah just, you're living just, with it every day yeah but it's your so you're having to confront the thoughts every day and embrace them in some way and try to I think this is it and then overcome yeah because I guess you, you try to avoid sometimes things like that you, yeah. you worry a lot like you think is that something wrong with me like at first I didn't know something like that exists I just felt like I'm very sensitive and then I start to read books there's an amazing book called breaking free from OCD <laughs> this is brilliant when you learn all sorts of things about the OCD and all sorts of direction that OCD can go into. Like there is <laughs> much more than just fear of contamination. I guess the message I'm trying to say is that you can function with it, yeah. but ideally you should probably go through a therapy and just break through. And that is possible. It's not like you have to be stuck in that because yeah. it develops. I mean, yeah. I did have it as a child then right. stopped. And then certain things happen in your life, which might cause that again. Mm -hmm. And if you get infected with something, if you have that sort of mind, you might go back to that to that sort of point yeah. and start worrying again. Yeah. And 
start developing that sort of condition more and more and deeper and eventually it can take over all your life and mm. some people can't function at all oh. they stay in a house and I think especially now when we are in a pandemic times people who go to you really suffer I remember feeling really overwhelmed at first like the first month I felt like I can't even leave the house mm. so I feel like it's such a great positive change in my attitude because yeah. at first I felt really guilty for not being able to like volunteer for example yes. to deliver yeah. food to people because I was so scared I was sweating to go to the shop basically really? I had all this like protective equipment and then it was amazing to like read the book and then realize that okay I'm just gonna expose myself a little bit and then and go yeah. to the shop get a first coffee oh my god I after two two months of just eating at home yeah. getting my food delivered being able to have a coffee somewhere and now I'm just looking at myself thinking yeah I, I wouldn't be able to to imagine that that mm. I would be able to sell flowers on the market yeah. like being totally exposed and like now we are sitting in a park on a bench right yeah. nobody's yeah. wearing gloves or a mask it's just amazing to see like you can retrain your brain so I still struggle like I see a massive improvement and just want to encourage anyone yeah. who got that that there is hope <laughs> <laughs> but Roxana I mean it's amazing because you've set up this business yeah and it's is it almost a channel through which you can em embrace the OCD mm. and uh, use it as a in a positive way to to overcome certain situations I feel and, like and I'm yeah I definitely I definitely that sort of thing for me running the business it's definitely helpful and I think I probably wouldn't okay so when you have this condition you are very like your brain is always tricking you mm. you only want wash your hands if you don't have the tap around right you can convince yourself you'll be fine this time yeah. but if you see the tap you wash your hands straight away what you want to do is eventually not to have that those faults yes yeah. be kind of free of it like yeah. anyone else who doesn't have to worry about that thinking am I gonna get HIV by being pricked by rose, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously is ridiculous. That is encouraging me to research a lot. Like I know probably a lot about how long the HIV can live in a blood or if the blood on the surfaces can still carry it. You know, like I've been reading it all because like being on a public transport, I would sometimes sit on a brown spilled coffee mm -hmm. and I wouldn't I wouldn't be sure is it coffee or is it something else maybe that's yeah. someone's blood am I gonna transfer something you know it's, yeah. it's all sorts of worries which people don't think about yeah. I, I, I think like you know for me that that's my reality You're but very then when aware, I, right? yeah when yeah. I'm talking to other people everyone is like what are you talking about so yeah. obviously I'm, I'm, I'm realizing no it's just in my head but one of those where you like think sometimes it's good to be pushed and you yeah. you have to push yourself and the fact if I wasn't pushed to the street mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't but yeah it's very important where you just uh, test yourself and yeah. come out of this comfortable zone because this is where your fears are actually getting bigger and stronger in mm. kind of yeah. warm environment you're not facing them you're no. just letting them grow exactly they, yeah. they just grow it's like bacteria it's like yeah. the dark warm and moist it's the same when we stay with our fears in a comfortable place we don't push ourselves it's just growing and eventually might just control you it control yeah. you yeah. exactly so and all your behavior and yeah. and you know it does impact your social life and stuff you know yeah. like all my friends know i don't really like hugging and stuff <laughs> obviously it doesn't it's likely it doesn't affect the romantic relationships yeah. so again this is how your brain is very selective 
it right. can choose because you're yeah you, you want to be in control as a kid i remember hating it all my aunties would just kiss you on both cheeks which is very polish very isn't it? polish also you go to like Italy and and I lived there and I was 20 and I never thought of that like mm. kissing with everyone on the cheek that was just a way of showing appreciation or say hello yeah. just greeting yeah. and I, I remember doing it and and I, I knew I was free of it and then one day you realize you feel uncomfortable and then you know you've, you've grown that sort of fear yes, <laughs> that yes. something might happen and uh, it takes a lot of time to just untwine this sort of but also spiral. strength of character to be mm. able to just mm. face it within yourself, recognize it initially, mm. and then actually say, well, I don't want this fear to, to control me. I've yeah. got to try and get in control of the fear. It, it, but it's, but it's hard. You, you see, like, you, you learn how to function, like your friends are joking about it. Mm. And, you know, like, I feel like the first way is just not to hide it. Everyone mm. see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you feel very defensive, like when people are joking about it, but it's, at first you're like, actually okay let's just call it by name yeah, yeah. it's actually a mental disorder mm. and it doesn't mean you you are mental mm. every day mm. as a, you are not able to think straight it's just on that particular level yeah. there is some sort of disorder and fear and you need a little bit of i guess help and you and are the understanding best doctor. as well yeah you, you you are your own doctors very often you probably can diagnose yourself very often i'm not encouraging people to like <laughs> diagnosing and and taking certain medication just and pretending you're a doctor but very often you just know what works for you and i yeah. know there are certain things you feel very uncomfortable with and when especially when other people push you that direction you feel very uncomfortable very uncomfortable but then when you decide to push yourself yes uh, you can achieve amazing things and yeah. you can see the improvement and yeah you just have to want to change and mm. Any uh, thanks for sharing that with us, right. Roxanne, because it, it takes a lot to actually just talk about these things, I think. Well, and, I think and it's, it's, if it helps others who yeah, are listening. It's, it's like with everything else, like people don't mention certain things because there is lots of shame attached to it. And I feel like, especially, I don't know, just living in South London, you can see lots of people with problems. And, and I feel like sharing i'm not saying indulging yourself in problems and like just talk about no. problems because i'm not that sort of person i i, I feel like i'm more programmed to look for a solution mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you only look for solution once you can recognize the problem first yeah, yeah, and sure. um i feel like sharing certain struggle can really empower you as well mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you realize you are not the only one <laughs> yeah yes. and uh you know it's it's great because you you see certain situation and then sometimes you just don't want to end up like that as well mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and very often you feel like oh you don't want to be judged or this and that but then it's a part of your life so what are you gonna do are you gonna hide you have to embrace certain mm -hmm. things every fear i guess you have to kind of become familiar with and become friends you know it's like coronavirus it's not gonna leave us what are we gonna hide mm -hmm. forever i i don't want that so mm -hmm. you just have to make the, the right decision what do you want from your life i want to leave and i want to leave to the full potential yeah so uh, what stops you and then take it from there yeah, yeah. all very solid advice as well <laughs> <Thank> you. <Cheers. laughs> okay um but is there anything else that we've that you'd like to add or want to tell well i listeners? keep feeling very guilty for not mentioning that my absolute favorite flower is tulip <laughs> it's only because these are the 
spring flowers, which Aww. I used to get on my birthday. So oh, my yeah, my my birthday is on the sixth of March. If anyone wants to send me flowers, and <laughs> or, or come to my fl uh, flower store, and I can make a wonderful bundle and then give it to myself. Um, yeah, tulips. I absolutely love tulips. And I would feel so guilty for not mentioning. I used to go to the Netherlands to see this beautiful tulip festival, oh, and yeah. I love all sorts of bulbs. And I don't know, I love the history of tulip, and oh. went to the Museum of Tulip. Tulip mania. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that was amazing. That tulip would be as expensive as a house mm. in like mm. 200 years yeah. ago, whatever. Crazy to think, mm. isn't it? They were so precious, and yeah, yeah I see why. <laughs> They're beautiful. Now everyone has them. Well, a lot of people have them in their gardens yeah. now as well. And quite rightly so. Yeah. Well, it's a huge thanks to you, Roxana. It's been just such a pleasure to talk to you today. And I've quite a lot of takeaways from what you've been talking about, <laughs> places to visit. Okay. And I hope our podcast listeners have too. Oh, um, thank you very much for having me. I had a great joy of being asked all these questions and sharing whatever I have in my head at the moment. <laughs> That's nice. We're sitting here in Kennington Park. It's very relaxed, isn't it? We've it got is. For those of you listening to this podcast and who are based in London, please pop down to the Cable Bakery on Fridays for flowers, coffee, bread and more, or come along to Camberwell Market on Saturdays to meet up with Roxana there. Yes, and please. And we'd be happy to have a chat with you. But for now, it's goodbye from us here in Kennington. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and have got some takeaways from our chat. I'll be back again next week with another podcast guest on the Travelling Through podcast. Check it out on my website as travellingthrough.co.uk. There's links to my Instagram and Facebook pages too. And of course, to Roxana's social media links too in the show notes. The London Pool. What draws you? What influences you? And what makes you build an independent business life here? Welcome to my autumn podcast series. But for now, take care and thanks for listening. Be.